0: Hey guys, it's great to have you with us this morning, tuning into Church Online. Hope you're doing well, hope you're keeping safe and uh, maybe enjoying the sunshine we've been having. It's been fantastic, hasn't it? Been topping up my uh, my tan this week, I'm very excited about that. But this morning I just want to spend a few moments and just uh, talk to you around this idea of creating margins in our life. So I want to talk about creating margins in our life, and I don't know about you, but I find it Really hard to slow down. I find it hard to slow down. You know, I just I throw myself into my work, and I always have. And you know, I'll work and I'll work and I'll work. And you know, when I do take a break, I, I often feel guilty for for not working, and then you know, I jump back into work because of that sense of guilt that's within me. So I just kind of keep working and keep working until I'm forced to stop. And you know, earlier. This year that was down to the dreaded man flu. you know it knocked me right out and i i couldn't i couldn 't come to church i couldn't do my work and you know it really kind of knocked me for six, but I still kind of felt guilty, even lying in bed you know feeling miserable as as any man who has suffered with man flu knows about you know it really wiped me for six but you know, I felt guilty in that moment that I wasn't working, and and you know now in in this sense, it's it's this lockdown situation that essentially has has caused me to stop in that sense. I mean, the work doesn't doesn't stop, but it's a whole different pace of life, isn't it? It's a whole different uh, way of living. And a friend of mine I was speaking to last week he said that you know throughout this this situation and circumstance that we're all facing, it it gives us an opportunity to to pause and to reflect and to, to kind of take stock of of what's going on in our life. And I don't know if you had a chance to read uh, Jess's blog last week. It was fantastic. If not, I encourage you to jump on our website, com and and find her blog there and, and read what she has to say. And she was kind of encouraging us into finding uh, a new rhythm within this new normal that we find ourselves in. And you know, one thing that this season has given us, if nothing else, is time. It's given us time and it, what's important is how we use that time. It's important to understand and recognise how we're using that time that we've been given. So I want to encourage us all this morning to, to take some time to pause, to take a moment to reflect on, on what's going on in our lives and, and what life looks like right now. You know, the psalmist often took pauses to reflect on God, to allow some, some time and some space for, for bold truth to sink in, to create some space for, for maybe a, a change in mindset because of, of what God was speaking to him. So I want to read to us this morning from Psalm 66, and I want you to bear with me because I'm going to read the whole of this psalm. In my Bible, it's entitled, How Awesome Are Your Deeds? And the psalmist writes this, Shout for joy to God, all the earth. Sing the glory of his name. Give him glorious praise. Say to God, how awesome are your deeds. So great is the power that your enemies come cringing to you. All the earth worships and sings praises to you. They sing praises to your name. Silah. Come and see what God has done. He is awesome in his deeds towards the children of man. He turned the sea into dry land and they passed through the river on foot. There did we rejoice in him who rules by his might forever, whose eyes keep watch on the nations. Let not rebellious exalt themselves. Silah. Bless our God. O peoples, let the sound of his praise be heard, who has kept our soul among the living and has not let our feet slip. For you, O God, have tested us. You have tried us as silver is tried. You brought us into the net. You laid a crushing burden on our backs. You let men ride over our heads. We went through fire and through water, and yet you brought us through to a place of abundance. I will come into your house with Burnt offerings, I'll perform my vows to you, that which my lips utter and my mouth promised when I was in trouble. I'll offer burnt offerings of fattened animals with the smoke of the sacrifice of rams. I'll make an offering of bulls and of goats. Come and hear, all you who fear God, and I will tell you what he has done for my soul. I cried to him with my mouth, and high praise there was on my tongue. If I had cherished iniquity in my heart, the Lord would not have listened, but truly God has listened. He has attended to the voice of my prayer. Blessed be God, because he has not rejected my prayer or removed his steadfast love from me. There's a word that's used within that psalm and many others, and it's the word silah. Silah. It's one of those words in the Bible that it's it's not been translated but but instead it's been transliterated straight from the Hebrew and what that means is that they they try to match letter for letter into a new language what it would look like. And so by doing that by doing that it's created a, a space and an opportunity for scholars to kind of have a bit of discussion and debate around what it actually might mean and one possible related word is the Hebrew word kala, meaning to hang or to measure or weigh in the balances. And you know, that idea of, of weighing something that you've heard or something that you've read, what it's doing is it's encouraging us to, to test or to examine or to and, and then once we've tested and we've examined to then hold on to that which is good. It could also be drawn from another. From other Hebrew words meaning to praise or to lift up or to pause, and so other than three references within the the book of Habakkuk, this word selah appears throughout the book of Psalms. It's around seventy times within that book. That book that's a collection of of poetry. It's a collection of of songs. So actually, the the likely meaning of of this word is you know a poetic direction or or a musical note in that sense encouraging the you know the choir master or, or the reader whatever it is to just take that moment to pause to reflect to let what's just been said or what's just been sung soak into our spirits, soak into our souls and then we can begin to take on the fullness of that which we've just heard. How awesome are your deeds, so great is your power. All the earth bows down to you. They sing praise to you, they sing the praises of your name. Selah. Whichever way you look at it, Selah itself is encouraging us to to pause and to consider what it is that God might be saying to us, even, even when we don't fully understand. Selah gives us an opportunity to to take a moment away from this crazy, busy, non-stop life that we're all living in and consider, you know, the immense mysteries and wonder of our God. Paul speaks to this in Colossians chapter 2, he says, My goal is that they may be encouraged in heart and united in love, so that they may have the full riches and complete understanding in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and of knowledge ultimately this word silah it reminds us all to pause and to reflect on Christ, who should in essence fulfill us or fill us with with awe and with wonder you know Jesus Christ he, He should inspire us and encourage us. He's the man who set the perfect example of of how we should live our lives. He's He's the one who gives us purpose. He's the one who gives us hope. He's the one who brings meaning to our lives. So it's a pause. It's a moment. It's a margin within the busyness of our lives that allows us that space that we need to take on what we've heard or what we've read. You know, it's in that Sila moment where we can take an intake of breath and allow the fullness of God's true awesomeness and wonder to fill our souls. You know, it can happen in any moment. It can happen when you're reading scripture and, you know, we read about God's goodness and his power and his authority and, and then we breathe it in. Just let it soak into your so, but But, in the busyness of life, in the chaos of of the worlds in which we find ourselves living in, and even with this enforced lockdown, are we allowing ourselves the space? Are we allowing ourselves to create those margins within our lives that give us the freedom to take a silar moment? You know we can find ourselves being. Pulled along with with work and with kids and with chores and with you know notifications and social media feeds, whatever it is. But but instead, we need to allow ourselves the grace to slow down, to hit the the pause button on life, and to take a sila moment where we can see the beauty and we can see the the glory of God all around us, whether it's in the the colours of the sky or the the laughter of children or a, a gentle breeze blowing through the leaves in the trees, whatever it is that that just creates that check within your spirit, that moment that says, I just need to pause, I just need to stop right now and just take in the the magnitude and the fullness of this moment. You know, if you're if you're like me and you feel that that guilt when it is that you take a break, you know, we need to let ourselves off the hook, guys. We need to allow ourselves this space. You know, we need to actually recognise that, that these moments are important and they're an instruction, they're an encouragement from God, from our Creator, that we need to stop, that we need to pause, that we need to allow ourselves the rest. Rest from work, rest from our phones, rest from the busyness and the chaos of life. You know, we need to allow ourselves the rest of whatever circumstance or situation we're facing to allow ourselves that rest, to remove those distractions from our lives and just be, just be in the presence of God. You know, rest is not the absence of problems, it's the presence of Jesus. Rest is not the absence of problems, it's the presence of Jesus. You know, he is the only true source of rest. He told his followers, come to me, all who are weary and carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I'm humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your soul." You know, we, t- we need to recognise that actually there's importance in, in entering into the quiet place. Jesus, when, when teaching his disciples how to pray, he said, Go away by yourselves and shut the door behind you. Go away by yourselves. Find yourself a quiet place and shut the door. Lock yourself in away from distraction and just be in the presence of God. Another paraphrase, it says, Go into your innermost chamber and be alone with Father God. There's something in this, isn't there? There's something important that we need to grasp hold of, that we need to understand, that we need to recognize, and, and we need to begin to create these spaces and these margins within our lives so that we can truly reflect on, on God's glory, so that we can truly take stock of this, this life that we're living, so that we can just take a moment to reflect on, on what our lives look like and, you know, whether they're in line with the plans and purposes that, that God's got for us. Just to take a moment and to be, to quieten ourselves. You know what I think Jesus is saying as he was teaching his disciples is that in order to rest, we need to create a moment of peace where it's just us and God. You know, we need to escape the noise. We need to take a break from the chaos and and just get alone with God. We need to be intentional about creating these moments. I don't think that they come naturally to many of us. So we need to begin to be intentional about creating those margins in our lives and allowing ourselves the space to breathe in the glory of God and to find true rest in Him. Psalm 62 says, Truly, my soul finds rest in God. My salvation comes from Him. You know, I... I love to be with people. I love to play games. I love to have fun. You know, I'm the one in the cinema who laughs so loud. It's embarrassing. Ruth absolutely hates it. But, you know, silence doesn't come easily in our house. I don't know about you. If you've got kids around, silence does not come easy. And, And if there's a moment of silence, you know, maybe we're sitting down to dinner and you won't find that that when you're eating that's when the quiet times come but you know we might be sitting down at dinner and there's just a moment of silence and you know Ruth and I probably just take that moment and go oh, this is bliss silence and we can just breathe in and enjoy that that moment and and then almost immediately one of the boys will point out oh it's very quiet it's silent. What's, what's going on? And, and then they'll fill that silence. They'll fill that gap, more often not than not, with, with just a noise, just a random noise. They'll just go, oh, it's quiet. Ah! And, that's, and that's the way that they cope with what they see as an awkward silence. Life can be loud, can't it? Life can be loud. But Jesus set an example. Jesus set an example for us about creating margins, about creating space and and silence and and finding solitude as well. You know, before heading to Galilee to preach, he got up early and it says he went to the desolate place to pray. Before walking out on the on the water, you know, he dismissed the crowds and it says that he went up the mountain to pray. And then in his final hours in The Garden of Gethsemane, you know, he went there with his disciples, but he left them and he went on further on his own to find some space, to find some quiet, to just be with his Father. When we enter the quiet place, when we create that moment of peace and that that margin within our lives, the noise of the world begins to dim. The noise of the world begins to dim and we allow ourselves the space and the peace and the silence to begin to hear that still for small voice of god because it's when the the noise of the world begins to decrease that actually we can hear the voice of god i don't think that he speaks quieter or or louder in that sense it's just that the noise levels of the world change and so that's what makes it seem like he's speaking more clearly to us so we need to be intentional about finding that space about finding those moments because it's our heavenly father when he speaks to us within those moments that he begins to speak life that he begins to speak love that he begins to speak grace and purpose into our lives you know i found a i found a new rhythm within this new normal that we're in you know the boys and i we wake up and well they wake up earlier than i do but we wake up and we go downstairs and we do P.E. with Joe Wicks. Is anyone else doing that? You know, half an hour or 20 minutes of of working out. We do that together and then, you know, they go off to homeschool with Ruth and I go and have a shower and get dressed. and And then what I do is I make myself a brew and I grab my James journal and my Bible and I just go and sit out in the sunshine and I just take a moment for myself. I've been creating this moment and it's... It's a precious moment where it's just me and God. And the noise of the world has decreased because I'm sitting there in, in silence and I'm just being in his presence. And I encourage you, if you've not found that, that rhythm within your life during this, you know, this lockdown period or even beyond that, I encourage you to find some space where you can just sit and you can be with God. You know, as a church, one of our, one of our core values is to pursue the heart of God. And I believe, I genuinely believe that it's, it's in these moments where we truly pursue his heart. You know, there's a time and a place for bringing our requests to God. And, and as a loving father, he loves to hear what it is that we desire, what it is that we long for, what it is that we need help with. There's a, there's a time for those things, but there's also a time to hit pause, there's a time to create that margin and that space within our lives and just to be in his presence. Psalm 46, be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. So I wanna encourage you right now to maybe just ask yourself, where are the margins in your life? Where are the margins in your life? Do they come naturally to you? Or do you actually need to be a bit more intentional about creating that space, about creating those moments, about finding that place where you can go into the quiet place and shut the door behind you and just be? You know, maybe you're one of these people who you just make excuses about why actually you can't do that. Your life's too busy, there's too much noise, there's too much distraction. Well, If that's you and you're making those excuses, ask yourself why. Because there's nothing, there's nothing more important than being in the presence of God, about finding that space within your day where you can just take 10, 15 minutes, half an hour, whatever it is, just to be in his presence, to quieten down the noise of the world and just to be with your heavenly father, to be with creator God. So let's create some space. Let's shake off that guilt. If you feel guilty about pausing, about stopping, and remind ourselves that what God wants more than anything, what he wants more than anything, is us. He just wants to be with us. He wants our attention. He wants our heart. He wants our presence. So find those spaces within your lives. Find those moments within your day. I want to encourage you.